Hey, hey, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, author of the best-selling book, Be the One You Need, 21 Life Lessons I Learned Taking Care of Everyone But Me. I wanted to do a self-care weekend podcast as we are entering the weekend before the Thanksgiving holidays. And after that, it's Black Friday. And then you know what happens. We begin to go to holiday parties and we put up our Christmas trees and we buy gifts. And the next thing you know, it's Christmas Eve and then it's Christmas and then it's New Year's Eve and then it's New Year's Day and we're off to a new year. Make sure you save the date, January 1st, 2023. I always do a live masterclass on New Year's Day on all of my platforms. This year, it will only be on Twitter and Instagram because I no longer have a Facebook public page. As you know, that was hacked last year and we were unable to recover that page. And that's sad because it was a great page with a lot of followers. And so my apologies, but we go on. I want to talk to you this weekend, though, this self-care Saturday and this self-care Sunday about self-care. And I want to talk with you about the holidays and relatives that either you don't want to see, that don't want to see you, that you don't get along with, that don't get along with you, or people who caused you trauma in your past, that every Thanksgiving and Christmas you're subject to them. And for so long in your life, you've gone along to get along. You've tried to suppress your feelings. You've tried to to be the good person, to just get over it as they tell you and to leave it in the past as they tell you. And you're at a place now, particularly as I said at the outset of my book, COVID changed everything. And when we recognize that we've grown and that we no longer want to linger in those things that don't make us feel good, we don't want to do the things that we know are not good for us. We don't want to be subject to people that We know are hostile or angry or they're going to be triggers for us or us for them. And there's going to be violence and fighting and upset and life's too short. I know I'm there and I know I've been there for a while. And as I was processing myself about the holidays and setting boundaries and uh, making clear that there are people I will spend time with and those that I won't. I'm never going to be rude. I'm never going to be uh, not cordial to people. It's not how I was raised. That's not who I am. But I will be clear about my boundaries and I will be clear about what I no longer will have around me. And I won't try to keep hoping that somebody I know hasn't changed will change. I'm not going to try to change people anymore. I'm not interested in helping people to get out of their own way. That's on them. And they have to do the work as I had to do the work as you have to do the work. And so I want to just give you a couple thoughts for you to pray about, for you maybe to fast about again before the holidays come and to really get your mind right as you're going into 2023 and one of the most important things that people who are unhealed do or who are trauma uh, victims themselves almost always but they've become abusers is they want you to adapt to their ways their lens their abuse their disrespect they're hurt and they want you to be silent about it and the moment you begin to push back they will vilify you they will attack you they will belittle you they were they will denigrate you they will try to get uh, I like to call it the wolf pack or the she pack depending upon who's in it um, and get other dysfunctional people who don't want to deal with their pain who don't want to face themselves who don't want to heal what hurts them and definitely don't want to deal with their own dysfunction they would much rather beat up on you because they're angry at you because you are the one in the family, the cycle breaker. 
cycle bracers, cycle breakers, excuse me, cycle breakers, not cycle bracers, cycle breakers um, not only face years of generational trauma, but they decide to face that trauma differently when they become adults or when the light bulb goes off that this is not normal. And like myself and many others I've met over the decades in Al-Anon and other help groups, support groups for families of alcoholics or sex abuse or violence, whatever it is, I've said to myself many times, this ends with me. I'm not going to be an alcoholic. I'm not going to be a rageaholic. I'm not going to be a denier. I'm not going to be someone who causes and inflicts trauma on other people. I'm going to deal with my stuff. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to get it cleaned up. And I'm going to try to make amends where I can, where I've wronged people. And I will forgive those who've done me wrong, but I will release them. Because if they're not going to change and if they're not going to heal, they're not going to be around me. And I'm clear about that. To say it ends with me is a very brave thing to do. It's powerful. But it also comes at a significant cost. Because let's take an example we can all point to with immediacy. Prince Harry, son of Diana and now King Charles, who at least once a day on Twitter is trending with his wife, Meghan, and they're being besieged and vilified and called the most unholy, ungodly things I've ever seen by people, A, who don't know them, but by people who resent that they got free. Put a pin in that. They got free. They moved away. They didn't tolerate the dysfunction. They didn't swallow the feelings of suicide and feeling like they were drowning like Diana did, which ultimately led Diana to her death. And if you're a fan of The Crown, as I'm a fan of The Crown, let's be honest, it's a docudrama. Um, Too many facts, too many truths, too many things we all remember that are real. And so I think it's real important that just take a look at how they treat that young man. William is part of the institution. He couldn't break away if he wanted to because he's next in line to the throne. And so he has to be muted. He has to go along with the system. Harry didn't. Harry doesn't. And Harry has talked about mental health. You can tell he looks happier. He's freer. He can ride his bike with his kids like any regular person. He doesn't have to have a bunch of bodyguards around him and and have to worry about not saying this or that. He's free. And they hate that. And the royal family hates that. And there's a lot of worry about his new book coming out and the Netflix documentary that uh, has been in the works for a while. And I can tell you that when my last book, Be the One You Need, was coming out, there was a lot of worry in the family about what I was going to say and what I was going to do. I hope they all read it and I hope they're clear now. I just told the truth. And I told the truth not because I want to hurt anybody or not because I want to embarrass anybody. In fact, boy, I held back. People who know me, who've been my friends for 30, 40 years, people went to kindergarten with me. One of my dearest friends from kindergarten, uh, Suzanne Graham, shout out to her. I've known her forever. When she was reading my book, she was upset and she texted me and she said, how could I not know this about you? How could we be friends all these years and grow up together and play softball together and go to high school together and me not know that you were dealing with this? How could you turn out to be the kind of person that you did and be as successful as you were in high school and be a star athlete and class president and go on to to become the person you are now with all of this? And I said, well, you know, uh, no one 
takes all the credit for themselves. I had a mother who, despite serious trauma and abuse in her own life that was devastating, uh, was good to us and did her best. She made a lot of mistakes, a lot of bad choices with respect to our father and staying as long as she did and subjecting us to the trauma we endured and not getting us help. And the chickens have come home to roost while we're all now middle-aged or older. And that's always what happens. So I want to encourage you first and foremost that if you are a cycle breaker, keep going. Do not fall for their garbage. Do not fall for the manipulation. People who haven't changed will always hate and resent that you have. People who have not changed will always hate and resent that you have. Because they don't have the courage. They don't have the bravery. They like being in their dysfunction as much as they hate being in it, but it's comfortable. And we do what we do and get on board, get over it, stop whining, stop being a baby. And, you know, look, in toxic families, the scapegoat, and I'm the family scapegoat. I talk about this in the book. The person who gets away, the person who acts normal, the person who actually has healthy relationships and who... Uh, tries to, to, to do better and be better and live authentically is the one everybody really hates. And for so many years, I tried to adapt to the psychosis, the crazy, the, the viciousness, the vileness. And I just woke up one day and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. I don't even like these people. Just because I'm related to them doesn't mean I have to spend time with them in this psycho, crazy They beat on each other. They curse at each other. They yell. They lie. They deny. I don't want to live that way. And so you have to understand that when you are a cycle breaker, you're dealing with people who have normalized abuse. They've normalized disrespect. They've normalized depending on your money. They've normalized expecting you to fix their problems. They've normalized all that. And it's not normal. And then what happens, and I again, I talk about this in the book, and I can back every bit of it up, and they know it, which is why nobody has said anything, because what can you say to the truth? Then they create these false narratives about you, and they whisper to other people who, again, most don't know you, or the people who were attached to your family, family, friends, childhood friends, whatever, if you grew up in a small town like me, and then you go to a funeral like I did a couple years ago, and people begin to tell you things, and you sit there in horror. Because you realize that your own family members, people that you've helped, you've supported, you've been in their corner, have been stabbing you in the back and talking bad about you and just hating on you. And you have to step back when that happens. And again, you have to realize that you are in a family of dysfunctional people who have been traumatized themselves, who can't get out of the cycle, who don't want to break the cycle, and who will live and die in that cycle. Your choice then is what do you do about it and how do you still see your mother or your father or your aunts and your uncles or your siblings when there's someone around who absolutely appalls you, who's toxic to you, who you don't want anything to do with? How do you deal with that? That's a challenge. But let me say this. One of the the biggest ways that I got release and peace from my family, and it is still a process, uh, is that I don't feel responsible anymore for forcing anybody to see what everybody else sees, for trying to get them to change, to exhausting myself, 
uh, to getting them to reflect on something that they show no interest or awareness of. All it does is piss me off, frustrate me, upset me, and rob me of my joy and of my peace and of my quiet enjoyment. I am going to be 56 years old next year. I don't have a whole lot of time left on this side of eternity. If I'm blessed, I get another 20, 25 years. And if I get that, I'm blessed. And so for whatever I've got left, it's for me. It's for me to love, for me to laugh, for me to be happy, for me to enjoy um, and to explore and to see and to contribute and to love. That's really all I care about at this point. And so I want to encourage you in these upcoming holidays. Again, they're very disruptive. I see it on my Twitter feed. I see it on my social media feeds. I I see people writing about it and talking about they really are going through trauma because they know they're going to have to encounter somebody because their mom's having dinner at the family dining room up, up, up at mom and dad's house in Boston or in Kentucky or in Alabama or in California, wherever you are, or in Asia or Europe, wherever you live, you are dreading going to that family dinner table because you know the drama that's going to ensue. The drinks will start, the smoking, the whatever it is, and the resentments and the snide comments and the hating and the dysfunctional drama that you long ago left in the rear mirror comes crashing back gotta set boundaries so let me say this and give you a couple thoughts first of all if you haven't read be the one you need yet i don't know what you're waiting for it's a fabulous book people magazine's best pick uh, self-help book uh, of this past summer when it came out Um, a bestseller uh, a lot of really good nuggets of life wisdom in there and practical things that you can do to take care of you And to stop feeling guilty about taking care of you and to stop thinking that self-care is selfish because it's not. And to know that you're not responsible for your fucked up relative. Sorry, I said it. Yes, I did. Y'all know that I got a little bit of a potty mouth. But you're not responsible for them. And it frees you to stop being the go-to for people you can't go to. Let me tell you what. You got to stop beating yourself up for not feeling like you're healing quick enough or that you uh, somehow you're guilty or you're wrong or you're not being respectful. And boy, that's a big one. They'll throw at you. Oh, you're not being respectful. Respectful what? Your abuse? Respectful what? Your disrespect of me? Respectful what? It has to be your way or the highway? Respectful what? Your toxicity, your drama that, 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 everybody can see but you has ruined your life what which which thing am i being disrespectful of you got to learn to stand up for yourself and so when they tell you when you say mom look you know i i really don't want to come up with the with my husband and the kids uh because you know my sister's gonna be there and you know we have a really difficult relationship and you know she drinks too much and her husband drinks too much and No, mom, I love you and dad, and I really want to see you, but I can't subject myself and my family to that because we don't live that way. And then what you will inevitably get is, look, you need to toughen up. You got to suck it up. Can't you just be cordial? No, you do not have to suck it up. 
no traumatizing yourself by subjecting yourself to somebody who's psycho and unkind and mean and nasty and is a hater is not something that you have to do. And then you're traumatizing your innocent children who in turn see this stuff and think it's normal or they know it's abnormal and then they do it to their children and it goes on and on and on. I'm encouraging you today to be a cycle breaker. Listen, a lot of people would feel better about the holidays if there wasn't so much pressure to pretend. Put a pen in that word, pretend. Pretending is never free. And what these family members or whoever entice you to do because they're dysfunctional, they want you to pretend that you're a happy family when you all hate each other. They want you to pretend that it's the best time of year when it's the worst time of year for you. I know I hate the holidays. I have hated them since childhood. I love them when I'm out shopping and I'm with friends and I'm going to holiday parties, but I don't like them with my family because there was always abuse. There was always fighting. There was always drinking. There was always violence. I didn't associate that with good, healthy, happy Hallmark Christmases. For many of you out there, this is not the best time of the year. It's the darkest. And I want to acknowledge that. And I want you to know that you're not not being tough and you're not not being mature. It's not a small thing. It's a big thing. And if you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed, I'm right with you. But the way that I've done this for the past year now is to draw boundaries And if you have to engage with somebody who's not good for you or you don't get along with or you're not very fond of or who is toxic to you, you have to limit that interaction. I can have dinner with anybody and be polite and talk about something else. I think all of us can probably get through a dinner if we focus on eating and, and, you know, enjoying the food. But inevitably, when you're dealing with somebody who's unhealed and who hasn't faced their trauma and who is bitter and a hater and they're just miserable... They're going to pick at you. They're going to trigger you. And then that's going to pull you into a place where you don't want to be. What I care about at this stage of my life is being safe. And every day I start with a sacred pause where I am in direct alignment with my creator. That might be a higher power for you. It might be whatever, yoga, whatever you do meditation to get yourself aligned keep doing it but safety matters to me now emotional safety it's something I've never known in my life emotional safety is something I've never really known in my life a moment where you recognize that the things that happened in your past they matter they don't have to define your life but you damn sure don't owe anybody your peace of mind your space your joy your your ability to just be in your own home and rest or be in the home of a family member and feel safe. And if you don't have that, don't do it. Don't put yourself in that place. So I wanted to just say to you all, as we prepare to go into this holiday season, I want you to acknowledge how you feel and ask yourself the three questions that I've been telling you to ask for six months now. What do you want? What do you need? And how do you feel? I no longer seek anybody's approval. I don't need it. 
I no longer need to earn somebody's love and acceptance. If it's not freely given, if it's not unconditional the way I give love and the way I've been unconditional and the way I've sacrificed and been there for people who damn sure didn't deserve my time or weren't worthy of it, I can't use it. I can't do it. I'm not putting up with somebody's ugly, nasty aura energy. Ugh. Because it infects us. Energy of other people infects and invades us. It's like having the flu. If you're a healthy person and you walk into a room full of people with COVID, you're probably going to come out infected with COVID. If you're a healthy person and you walk into a room with a bunch of people with a cold, you're going to come out with a cold. Hard to stay clean and pure with people who are infected. And emotional infections are every bit as serious and devastating to our bodies, our minds, and our peace as are physical ones. So I want to just stress to you that give yourself compassion. Be honest with yourself. And if you're not comfortable around that person or those people or doing that event with your family, don't do it. If you don't feel safe, if you don't feel at peace, if you don't feel like it's going to bring you some joy and it's going to be misery and affect you and make you cry and make you angry and make you want to cuss and want to fight, don't do it. Don't. And make sure anybody coming into your home and your space is clear about your rules, about how you treat people, about how you talk to people, about how you engage with people. And if they can't honor that, put them out. Don't let them in. I am serious as a heart attack about this. Some of you are listening to me and you're going, damn it, I know she's right. But how do I do it? Because I don't want to upset. Stop thinking about people who don't give a damn about your feelings. Stop worrying about people who don't worry about you. Stop, stop, stop. Having confrontations with people who you have issues with or who have hurt you will not clear the air. They will not heal. Not unless you have both done the work. Not unless you have trained professionals there and counselors there to help you work through and to follow through. That's why healing sometimes can be so lonely and it confuses us. Because when we break away from the pack of dysfunction and the cycle of disrespect and of abuse and trauma, we're on our own. You know, you don't have to adapt to trauma. You don't have to adapt to disrespect. You don't have to adapt to violence and anger and rage and yelling. And I lived that way for many years and I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm not. So stop expecting Uncle Joe to change. Stop looking for the love that your mom didn't give you as a child or that your father who you never knew, he never showed up and somehow you feel like it's your fault and now that you're grown and maybe you have your own family, he wants to come back into your life. That's your call. You have to figure out what you want to do with that. But people don't have a right just to roll up on you and put their mess on you and expect you just to be okay with it. I think that's the point. So I want you to really take it to heart that you don't owe anybody your peace, your joy, your life, your holidays, 
your presence. You don't owe anybody any of that. You know, those of us who endured severe trauma as children uh, were often put upon by the immature adults in our life who were also unhealed and traumatized. And we had adult responsibilities. Uh, We had to take on things that weren't ours to fix. We had to uh, handle things that were inappropriate for us to handle. This is your reminder, this holiday season of 2022, to pause. Sacred pause. Put your hand on your chest and breathe in. Sit, read, have a glass of wine, have your tea. Be with the people you love. You know, some of my favorite people are the family that I created over these years. And I have an amazing family from coast to coast. I can go to California right now and go to the Griffiths house and be welcomed, be given a bedroom and be treated like a member of the family. Or I can go down south to Louisiana with my sorority sisters there in Texas and be loved and and cared for and, and given a warm place to stay and food and comfort like with Pastor Renee and Marquis, and I could call out names or I can go back up to Jersey where I grew up and stay with anybody there. But I would never stay with my family that's there because they're cruel and they're unkind and some downright wicked. And for years, I felt neglected. I felt homeless. I felt like, why don't they like me? I'm actually a decent person. I don't bother them. I'm I'm a good person. I've done well with my life. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beacon for the family. I've, I've, I've accomplished more than anybody. I'm, I'm a good thing. And yet they don't like me. They speak bad of me and they talk down to me and they take every opportunity to dig at me and cut me and fight me and, and hate on me. And when you take that in, I want you to know it does damage to you. It does damage to you. Um, you know, Nietzsche said, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Let me revise that. What doesn't kill you makes you afraid, makes you constantly live in uh, cortisol response, fight or flight. It makes you um, detached. It makes you unable to be vulnerable and to have normal, healthy relationships. And it does damage to you physically and physiologically, to your nervous system, to your your endocrine system, to your to your every system you have, your respiratory, you name it, it affects you. It's time for you to take care of you. Stop adapting to their bullshit. Stop going along to get along. Stop being manipulated by those who want to force you to be in their crap, in their garbage, in their muck and mire. You don't have to do it. And you don't have to live in a lie and pretend as you sit at the table with the person who abused you in your childhood or who beat the hell out of you as a child or who uh, molested you as a teenager or whatever it is that happened to you. You don't have to sit at a table with that person and pretend that you like them and that you're nice and you're happy just to please your mother, your father, or somebody else who wants you to engage in that kind of chicanery and bullcrap. You don't have to do it. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. Listen, at the end of the day, um, you got to take care of you. I want you to seek health this holiday season, hope this holiday season, healing this holiday season. I want you to get a vision board. I want you to start thinking about your next year now. 
I'm going to start doing the 21 days of life lessons uh, after Thanksgiving. And um, I think that's going to bless a lot of people. I just wanted to stop in and and say this because it was heavy on my heart. The world is a hard, harsh place right now. Don't buy it. Don't buy in. Stay good. Stay kind. Stay gentle. Always choose peace over the appearance or fake peace of going along to get along, of being silent when you should speak, of appeasing someone else at the expense of you. Don't do it. You're an adult now. You're not a child anymore who doesn't have power. You are an adult with power. Take your power back. Dig deeper. It's time. God bless you. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. And we will have a guest next Sunday. I have a special guest for you. As again, we roll out the 21 days of life lessons from the book as we head into Christmas and get ready for New Year. God bless you and keep you. Be good now.